Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministries is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God has designed for you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. We are uh, still in 1 Corinthians, and we're going to finish up chapter 12, where Paul has been talking about the gifts and the body. But there's a principle that's involved here that's even greater than just dealing with gifts or dealing with just the body. The issue that's going on here, as we've learned and we know as we've gone through the scriptures, is that the Corinthian body, the Corinthian fellowship, was carnal. That means they were living according to the flesh. They were living to their flesh and from their flesh. And we know, we say this many times, that you are not bodies with a spirit. What are you? Spirits with a body. And you will find that as you go through the scriptures and seek for an answer concerning your problems, concerning the things that vex you most, the things that are really burdening you, you will find that 98%, maybe 99% of the time, you will find the answer in what you perceive to be your identity. That's usually where the issue takes place. Tonight we're going to look at verses 15 through 31. And we're going to address these as quickly as we can, but we're going to let the Spirit of the Lord guide that. The uh, Corinthians were fleshy, and that's why they had issue with cliques and separations and division. They also tolerated sin, and as we've said before and seen in the previous chapters, they were suing each other, they were stealing from each other, they were dealing with gluttony, drunkenness, and immorality. So Paul as he does in every one of his epistles, rather than putting their focus on their sin, literally points to who they are. Now, if you want to bring somebody out of sin, you don't spend your time pointing at the sin. You point to Jesus. Because he's the one that can deliver them or has delivered them, and they will see their salvation in him. They won't see it in their continual failing. They won't see it if they got a clearer and more vivid picture of their sin. That never delivers anybody. Paul continues to remind them of who they are. But he not only reminds them of who they are as individuals, and this is critical, he's not just pointing to who they are as individuals in Christ, He is pointing to who they are in the body of Christ. Now, you can already see that there's an identity issue here. That's where the problem stems from. You cannot separate the two. They're one. If you don't understand your union and communion with Christ as an individual, you will have no appreciation for your unity in the body. None. The body will just seem like, and particularly in corporate worship and the things that you do that involve the body, will seem like just something you do. I'm a Christian, I'm a Baptist, I'm a Methodist, or we go to church on Saturday, we go to church on Sunday. It will seem like a practice. It will not seem like part of who you are. And that is the problem. 
That's what's going on with the Corinthian fellowship. They would never have a problem with, with criticizing each other according to the gifts of the Spirit if their identity hadn't been in the flesh. And if they, hadn't, if they had truly seen themselves as part of the body of Christ, a spiritual body, but they were looking for position in what they saw as a corporate fleshly body. And that's where the problem came from. Well, you know what? God loves us too much to leave us in that position. He's going to allow it to be quite miserable. And if you've ever been in a fleshy church, that is misery. Because there is no union in a fleshy church. And you know what? That just runs directly against what the Bible says about the body of Christ, doesn't it? Well, the Corinthians had divided themselves up between the haves and the have-nots. Sounds like our society today. They sought the more, they were seeking the more glamorous, spectacular gifts of the Spirit. Now, it would seem to go without saying that the gifts of the Spirit are gifts, right? They cannot be earned, so no man can acquire them as he chooses. But yet, they were seeking the more glamorous, spectacular, public gifts. They were looking to be seen of men. To be recognized of men. Does that sound like the spirit to you? Well, it sounds like a spirit, but not the right one. The issue was that they were walking and living according to their flesh. And the flesh always wants to be seen, and it always will divide. You can see how the, how the spiritual gifting had been distorted by their carnality. They believed that those who were superior could attain the gifts the more showy, the more public gifts, and those who were not quite as spiritually superior, the inferior, would not be able to attain those more showy public gifts. And the result is that those who had the spectacular gifts were celebrated, and those who had the lesser gifts were deemed as inferior. Well, guess what? Do you think that created a spirit of unity? Oh, no. There was a division. There was judgments between them, finger pointing. He thinks he's so high and mighty because he speaks in tongues. She thinks she's so high and mighty because she can prophesy. And they all, they don't care anything about us. They just look at us like we're trash and look at them. They don't even sit next to us. Can you hear the flesh? Can you? Well, I'm going to tell you, it was running rampant there. Now, the Corinthians had lost all sense of unity in the body of Christ. And the point that Paul is making is that the body works through its unity. A body that doesn't is sick. You know, when part of your body's out of unity with the rest of it, guess what? You need a doctor. You're sick. Just talk to somebody whose back's out of whack. Let's look at our text for today. We're going to begin with verse 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 14. For the body does not consist of one limb or organ, but of many. So in verse 14, Paul is saying, we are many, yet we are one. We are all different. As we said last week, we are all unique and diverse, but we're interdependent. Man loves to hear about how unique he is, but he hates dependency. Everybody wants to talk about how independent they are, and nobody is. Whether you're walking according to the flesh or you're walking according to the spirit, there is a dependency involved. No man walks independent. 
God created the child of God to be dependent. He put us in a body, the body of Christ, that functions interdependently. And what Paul is showing us is the need for unity in the human body illustrates the need for, humil- uh, for, for uh, unity in the spiritual body. Because all are affected. And if you don't think you're affected by other people, then let the guy in the other lane decide to cross over in front of you. Okay? That might change your perspective of being affected by others. You're not an island. I know that's a famous saying, but you're not. You're affected by what goes on in Washington. You're affected by what your neighbor does. You're affected by what your neighbor's dog does. Everything is going to affect as God allows. But here's the reality. We're not at the mercy of circumstance. Everything that affects us is affecting us because God is allowing it for his purposes. So we're not walking around trying to isolate ourselves so we don't get hurt, so we don't get this, or we don't get that. We don't have to live that way. As we are part of the body of Christ, as we're going to talk about tonight, being part of the body of Christ means that we are literally enclosed in Him, protected in Him, kept by Him, nurtured by Him, healed by Him, provided for by Him. And everything that affects you in this life is to reveal the truth of that. You will have the revelation of Christ in whom you are a part of the body. Now, first Paul deals with the have-nots. In this letter, those who felt that they had inferior gifts, the gifts that were lesser. Now, here's the problem. This is where the flies in the ointment. ointment. The gifts had become identity for them. That's why there was a fight. That's why they wanted the more showy gifts. It had become identity rather than vehicles through which we express our union with the Spirit of God. See, our identity is in Christ as his body. Our identity is in our union, not in our individuality. Did you hear me? Our identity is in our union, not in our individuality. It's out of pride and independence that envy and resentment is born. You have to dismiss the sovereignty and love of God. You have to dismiss who he is in order to enter into resentment and envy. And we must remember that the gifts and their functions were never intended to be identity. That's right. So God may have gifted you to be a singer. You may have a beautiful voice. But God does not intend for that to be your identity. God might be a speaker through you, maybe even a preacher, an evangelizer. Maybe hundreds of people come to know the Lord through your words, through the work of the Spirit in you. But God never intended for that to be your identity. When we embrace these things that God gives us that are an extension of himself, they are not to be an identity for our flesh. And that's what's getting in the way here. That's why these people were holding on to the showy and more public gifts. Because it's hard to have have an identity in the more concealed things. It's hard to have an identity in the liver. I'd rather have an identity in the eye or the face or the ear, but, you know, not in the foot. So that's kind of what's going on. In Now, let's look at verse 15 through 17. 
If the foot should say, because I am not the hand, I do not belong to the body, would it be therefore not a part of the body? If the ear should say, because I am not the eye, I do not belong to the body, would it be therefore not a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? You see, the feet are not the showy part of the body, are they? I know there's the odd person out there that thinks they're beautiful. But no matter how many pedicures or massages you get, a foot is still not one of the more attractive parts of the body. And you can tell because when you go to the beach, nobody's staring at your feet. They could care less, frankly. And you know what? I'm glad of that, right? Feet are beautiful are not beautiful in form, but they are an important part of the body. In order for someone to appreciate the rest of you, your feet's going to have to take you in front of them, right? They have a function. You can't get around without them. And trust me, I know this from firsthand. Because when the feet aren't cooperating, you ain't going. At least I'm not. So, no matter how ugly they may be, they're part of the functionality of the body. So if the foot decides it is no longer part of the body because it is not the hand, the body is not going to function normally, is it? The foot, however, doesn't get to decide. Aren't you grateful? Aren't you grateful that the ear doesn't decide it wants to be the heart or the nose decide it wants to be the eye? It doesn't get a choice, does it? It could not even remove itself from the body. It cannot dismiss its responsibility to the body as a functioning part of the body. Now, do you catch the parallel in that? You cannot dismiss what God puts in you and not be obedient to it. You must yield to it in order to be, now I'm not saying spiritually a part of the body, but be a part of the functionality of the body. A lot of people, because they can't sing as well as somebody or they can't preach as well as somebody or they can't uh, present themselves as well as somebody they they're going to sit in, in the pew and say you know well you know god never gave me i just can't uh. listen i want to tell you something god does not capitalize on your strengths if he puts it in you to get up and sing i don't care what you sound like be obedient because god has something in it for those who hear believe it or not and for you. The reality of it is that this the gifts are not for you anyway. They're not for you. And guess what? They're not for the world. A lot of people think they are to demonstrate God to the world, but they're not for the world. You know what they're for? They are for the affirmation of the body, the body of Christ. That's what they're about. Well, if the foot decides he's no longer a part, he can't just dismiss himself. The same is true of the ear. The body functions normally because of the foot, and it hears normally because of the ear. See, there are no small or insignificant parts. The identity of the foot is in the body. The identity of the ear is in the body. You see, the body is not an organization, it is an organism. So there's a unity there, whether you choose to recognize it or not. We're all part of the same body. 
Now, some of you, if you get up in the middle of the night like I do on a regular basis and have run into the odd table in the middle of the floor, have recognized your unity with your toe immediately, right? You didn't just look at that toe and say, well, you suffer in silence. I got to go on back to bed. That wouldn't work, would it? Why? Because there is a connection that you cannot deny and that the toe won't allow you to deny. Well, such is true of the spiritual body of Christ. There is a connection. When you separate yourself off, you think, because you're physically somewhere else, that the body of Christ really is not affecting you, and you are not affecting it. But that just isn't so. There is an effect going on. And it first and foremost starts with you. It affects you because you are literally cutting yourself out of the ministry of Christ to the body. Now, I didn't say Christ didn't minister to you. I said you are cutting yourself out from the ministry of Christ to the body as a whole. What Christ is trying to affect in the body, you are literally separating yourself out from. It doesn't mean that you're not receiving it. It means that you're not listening. It doesn't mean that you're not involved. It means that you don't appreciate it. It means you can't possibly embrace what God is doing in the body if you don't see yourself as part of the body. You try to separate yourself out in the name of independence, in the name of, well, I've got the Spirit of God in me, just like they do, and all of those other things that people are prone to say when they're wanting to live their own carnal life, their own carnal way. You can say all those things, but when you step away and claim your independence, all you're doing is playing those three monkeys, see no evil, hear no evil, do no evil, and you're doing it. That's the reality of it. You're not allowing what Christ is doing to be a blessing to you. You're not allowing the Spirit of God to minister through you. And what have we learned about the truth of how Christ ministers, how we experience the attributes of the Spirit. How do I experience love? How do I, how do I experience love? Husbands, love your wives. How do I experience I love them. It's only from the inside out that I know these things. Well, guess what? The body of Christ is no different. As the body of Christ moves and expresses the person, the power, the sovereignty, the healing, all of the attributes of Christ, as it moves in that direction, in order for me to experience those things, I must attach myself and see myself in concert with it. Does that make sense? Because so many of us, that's part of the big issue, with corporate worship today, so many of us have dismissed it as just being something we do and that the body of Christ is this ethereal thing that really doesn't affect us in the here and now. We've missed the vitality, the importance of what God wants to do in and through us as a church. I'm not talking about us in this particular body. As I said last week, I'm kind of preaching to the choir, but the reality of it is that those who separate themselves off and make church about their flesh and entertaining their flesh and going when they want to and not going when they don't and finding the more important things to do out there in the world, they have no concept 
They have no concept of what the body of Christ is. And I can tell you, if you do not have a concept of what the body of Christ is, then you don't really have a full grasp of who you are. Because you're not the whole. You're the part, right? All right. Verse 18 says, But as it is, God has placed and arranged the limbs and organs in the body, each particular one of them, just as he wished and saw fit and with the best adaptation. In other words, God placed it and adapted it as he saw fit. He saw where it needed to be placed. Those words, has placed or set, refer to an act of divine appointment. So, how many of you prior to birth were involved in the arrangement of your organs or the function of your body parts? Huh? I don't see any hands out there. So, the reality is that God was in charge of that, wasn't he? Nowadays, you see man trying to change what God created in order to create what they desire. And in the end, what they end up with is a non-functioning distortion. You were created by God. Now listen to this. You were created by God, not by biology. You understand that? To function, you were created by God to function exactly the way he intended. Now, we recognize failures and deformity in the human body. We recognize abnormalities in the human body. But there is no such thing in the body of Christ. This does not exist in the spiritual body of Christ. There is no deformed organs. There is no non-functioning organs. Every one of them, even the most carnal Christian, at the center of who he is, is a new creation and is a functioning, vital, vibrant part of the body of Christ. Paul is not talking about physical expression. He is talking about who you are spiritually. You understand? The body of Christ is a spiritual being that functions exactly the way Christ intends. Your spirit is perfect in form and function. Just remember what we're talking about here in the physical body is a metaphor. And you were made by God to be exactly what he wanted which is the very best for you. If you could choose what function you should have and play in the body of Christ, do you think you could choose better than God did? Huh? Well, that's what these Corinthians were thinking. If you could choose what your form and function would be, do you think you could choose better than God has? Do you? Really? You see, if you see yourself according to the flesh... You're always looking to improve. But if you see yourself according to the Spirit, you always recognize that you are perfectly formed and made and set exactly where God wants you. To function, I get this, He didn't set you off somewhere. You're not sitting in an organ donor bank somewhere. He literally put you in His body, unique formed to work and to be all that he created you to be. But if you could choose, it would be different. It reminds me of when we were kids. We used to fight over, my brother and I used to fight over much of everything. So whenever there was a piece of cake to be had, we were very concerned as to who was going to get the larger share, right? So my mother came up with this genius idea, which I'm sure... 
got passed on by some other good mother. But what she would do is she would tell one of us to cut and the other to choose. Well, that makes it a little difficult. I'd always want to choose because the odds that somebody's going to cut it crooked, pretty good, right? The reality of it is God has cut and God has chosen. You had nothing to do with it. Now, if you can't see that this is a blessing, you're blind. You're blind. Because I tell you, I've had, I've had lots of experience with my choosing. And it hasn't always worked out so well, except the day I chose my beautiful wife. God chose her for me. You see, there's a lot of freedom in the truth that God does in choosing. Thank you for joining us for His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger. This program is the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. If you'd like to know more about us, visit us on the web at hislifeministries.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. We would love to have you join us for worship. We meet on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 1307 Blanco Woods at the corner of Blanco Road and Blanco Woods just inside Loop 1604. Also, if you would like to help support this ministry, you can send your tax-deductible donation to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 1894, Bernie, Texas, 78006.